love to scream. I like fighting with friends and I enjoy being scared also. I came here this weekend to feel my flesh crawl and to get goosebumps and to feel my hair stand on end. I'm just a gore freak. I write the books, I see the movies, I know the people, you gotta be here. This is where it's happening. This is Fangorian 3D. Plata, man. The more horrible, the better. Oh, I'm in the fantasy. They're in the bloody guts. <laughs> Mom hates them. She thinks I'm sick. A lot of blood and guts and half the body, getting ripped apart and stuff like that. I like that kind of stuff. My parents think I'm crazy. Well, I think they're kind of gross. Because <laughs> I think some movies have tasteless blood and guts. That's it. That's what this convention is all about. And the other ones where you see girls getting hacked up in bed, those are okay. I know the riches. the Cinematic Void Podcast. Cinematic Void is a cult film series that hosts screenings in the Los Angeles area as well as virtually. I'm your host, Jim Branscombe, and joining me as always is... Is Nick Vance, Paranoid Futures on social media. You can find Cinematic Void on the World Wide Web at cinematicvoid.com, as well as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all major podcast platforms. If you want to support The Void, you can consider joining our Patreon. you find some old episodes there. Jim, what's been going on? What do you want to... Who, who are you talking shit about this week? What, we, what have you been up to? We went to a show... Yeah, we do uh, a good show. I mean, trying to think of I, I don't know if I did anything else except for go to that show this week. So I guess that's what we're we'll chat about. You know, we we went to see Godflesh, and this was your idea, and I want to put this up front <laughs> because it's just like I thought I bought tickets for something in like September or October. Why does it got to be? Why did it have to be Friday? <laughs> why did I have to leave my fucking house on Friday last Friday man it, I've never seen you try to bail on a show so hard as this fucking God bless show dude live music is annoying well my favorite part of it was like I think if it had just been you and I we probably would have fucking bailed we would have bailed yeah. oh yeah yeah no I only went because I I fucking promised Nikolai a ticket yeah yeah because you bought because you bought Nikolai and I a ticket you were fucking hard confirmed, but it was great hanging out with you guys. Oh no, it, it, it was. It, the, I, I I had a lot more fun hanging out at my house and just drinking beers before we left. Yeah, because we we definitely pre gamed, which was very wise. Mm-hmm. And we watched a bunch of various hardcore videos and like we were just hanging out, watching Trapped Under Ice and Speed videos. No warning. Yeah. yeah, that shit was fun. Oh, that was a lot of fun. Like it was, it was sick. And it was just like, and then we had to actually take an Uber down there. My favorite, my favorite thing about the Uber ride was Nikolai sat up front with that dude and like just talked his ear off. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, thank God, I don't want to talk to this guy. I mean, the guy was listening to classic classical music, and Nikolai's like, "Have you seen Tar?" Yet? <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I was like, "This is fucking great." I mean, I, I, I don't know who who paid for the Uber. Was it you? I might have been Nikolai. So I'm sure Nikolai got a bad rating. Yeah, it's like <laughs> guy would not shut up about the movie Tar. 
Well, then we got to the Godflesh show, and whoever, I guess there was two opening bands, and there was the touring opening band, I guess, local. When we got there, I thought we walked in on, like, a fucking weird, like, Twin Peaks-like kind of installation, because it was a dude with a bunch of samplers and all that, and I'm not trying to talk shit, but it was literally a dude with a bunch of samplers and some guy hissing in the microphone. I was like, this shit can't be real. Of course it is. This sounds like every other show I fucking end up at. Yeah. I mean, compared to the um, Fleshwater, Koyo, No Pressure show that we went to, we we were probably, I don't want to say we were the youngest, but we were definitely on the younger side comparatively for God Flesh. I, uh, someone, someone offered me a ticket to go see Drug Church on Friday, like on Thursday night. Like, God damn it. Fucking, I would, ra- oh, what? it's so funny. That in 2023, I'm like, I'd rather go see Drug Church than Godflesh. I mean, it's, it's funny how how we change. I mean, I I feel the same way. Like, had I known, it's like, fuck, Drug Church is playing. My girlfriend Leslie loves fucking Godflesh. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, found out Drug Church was playing the same night. She was like, oh, we would have gone to fucking Drug Church instead. Oh yeah. And the the thing about Godflesh is like, <laughs> they're a great band. I think it's the old age in me. It's just like, 40 minutes would have been cool. 90 minutes was just like I. I couldn't hang. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, they had this visual thing where they basically had like an image that would slowly kind of like screensaver style move behind them. And like, they're all like Justin and the other guy are all blacked out. It's a drum machine, two guys playing heavy shit. And like, you know, God flesh by its nature is repetitive because it's industrial metal, which by the nature of the genre is repetitive. But it's just like, I think I got my fill. And then like, after they played like Breed Like Rats, the song off the of street cleaner, we went outside and then we got punished by the the one guy that got kicked out of the show. Oh god, the fucking guy. The guy that decided to do like go I guess he stage drove and like crowd surfed for like a second at the El Rey, and I guess the El Rey has a no mosh or I don't know what the El Rey's fucking policy is. And Nikolai went up front, he said some people were doing some like push moshing and shit. They're gonna have. Uh, I saw Gorilla Biscuits are playing there. It's like I don't know how you enforce the no stage dive rule for that. Damn, I want to go to that. Yeah, I kind of want to go to that. I say that now, but like we yeah, bought tickets for it, yeah. be like, fuck, we got. I don't know, see- man. I don't know, but Gorilla Biscuits is a different. Yeah, Gorilla, I mean, Gorilla Biscuits is. I, I, I might say, it, it's top five at least, but maybe the best show I've ever seen in my life was Gorilla Biscuits at the Autobar in like two thousand fucking maybe it was like five seven something like that like. Oh God, it was insane. Like every single person in the, in the room was singing every single word. Like it was fucking nuts. It was just like something that people didn't think they'd ever see. Yeah. And I mean, now you just see them like once every two or three years, but I mean, they, 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 they've gotten smart and like, you know, just because they're not making new music. I think I saw them at like one of their rev fests a few years back too with like judge. And I, I, I was, um, well, I ended up like watching some live video of them recently because it's just like, oh, and it's just like, it's sick. Yeah. Like the band's tight and kind of like off topic. I did buy tickets to go see Quickstand or Quickstand. I mean, Quicksand. Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. I'm going to be seeing that in DC with my girlfriend when I'm back in um, the Baltimore area in October. The DMV. Yeah, the DMV. And I was like, shit, might as well see Quicksand was there. It just, the timing worked. And it's like, I'll be more inclined to go to that when I'm there as opposed to like if I bought a ticket for December when they play LA, I'll be like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. But leave my house in December. Yeah. Who the fuck wants to do that? I mean, I'm on, <laughs> I'm on vacation. I feel like I'd be more inclined to go to a show. <laughs> right on. But any, anything else been going on or is it's just been, uh, it's just been a being, busy- a, just being annoyed by life. Just being, just being like, why can't you just let me 
sit in my house and do nothing. Yeah, I mean, I am making you do this podcast. So. It's fucking annoying, dude. It's fucking <laughs> trying to come to my house at like 9 a.m. 9 a.m. on a Friday morning. Like, what are you even doing? What What are we doing here, dude? I brought you a fucking burrito, man. Thank you for the burrito. Yeah, so it's really good. I, I I gave you a window between nine and ten, and you chose ten, and that's fine. <laughs> I had errands to run anyway. I had to go fucking buy groceries and I don't know do other shit, so it worked out. But I guess if we're all caught up with what's going on in our life, we can kind of set up what we're talking about today. We've kind of talked about this in some previous episodes, and it's kind of a follow up from the Blu-ray episode that came out before this, and it's just looking at like how horror the genre as a culture as people who watch it and love the movies and stuff has kind of changed and i dare i say there's a little bit of clout chasing with it sort of like what happened with blu-ray collecting and all that so i i'm gonna say that we'll probably say some things or i'll say some things that people are gonna be like i don't agree with that and that's fine this is just my personal feelings and takes of just like how i've seen things evolve and stuff and it's like I'm not saying it's inherently bad anything we're going to be talking about, but it's just like, and maybe it's just my sensibility doesn't mesh. And it's just me asking questions that some might be rhetorical. Some might be like, hey, someone can give a real answer. Like, so consider this an open discussion, except it's just going to be me and Nick talking. But, you know, as if you, after you listen to it, you have questions or have your own thoughts, please share. And maybe we'll talk about them on the follow-up episode. So, why don't we take a little break, and when we come back, we'll talk about horror clout here on the Cinematic Boy Podcast. What will terrify you most at the Haunted Mansion in Long Branch, New Jersey? The Haunted Mansion, home of more than 30 creatures of the night. Frightening, monstrous, blood-chilling creatures of every description. Which one will make you scream in terror? Find out at the Haunted Mansion in Long Branch, New Jersey. This Halloween, party with your favorite monsters during Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios, Florida. And right now, carve out savings of up to $16 off admission with this special coupon you'll find on two meters of Pepsi. For details, visit a Pepsi display near you. Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. Hurry to Ticketmaster today for advanced tickets. While you can still slash the price. Welcome back. We're going to be talking about horror clout here on the Cinematic Void podcast. And I I feel like this is probably going to be a touchy subject for some of the listeners. And again, this is just my opinion. This is Nick's opinion. We're not going to try to like, if you don't agree with something, we're not trying to change your thoughts. This is just my it's kind of like the Blu-ray episode all over again. It's more just things that I've thought about and just saying aloud because of just in my 40 plus years of life, I've seen like, you know, how horror as a genre as now like a commercial bankable kind of thing, just the whole thing. And I'm going to throw Halloween in there has really changed in like, I don't, I think it's good and I think it's bad on both counts. I just never want to hear. I never want to hear someone say "spooky season" again in my fucking life. For one, since you mentioned Halloween, I just want to. I just want to put that out there. If you say "spooky season," you're my fucking enemy. Well, I've definitely used that term to like sell. Ooh, it's brutal. Yeah, but there is something inherently weird with it, and like the the thing. I'm just gonna say off the bat, and again, I feel like there's been a weird Disneyfication of like horror. 
and I don't mean the movies are sanitized and they're all like Disney, but I like living in California, we have a phenomenon known as Disney adults. These are people that like, you know, have Disney season passes and it's part of their identity. Nothing wrong with that. Do what you love. You know what I mean? I used to have a fucking Disneyland season pass, but like I'll probably never get one again because last few times I had it, like I go to park and just like couldn't do shit. Because it's just so overcrowded and all that. That was pre-pandemic and all that. And I I don't know. It's just like, I've definitely seen a lot of people that are really big in the horror, at least on the surface, that are really Disney adults. Yeah, I bet there's people out there with like fucking Jason, Jason Voorhees masks with like uh, Mickey Mouse fucking ears. Oh, I... I a hundred percent guarantee there's or like what other kind of what other variation on like a how how do you make a disney horror you know but but disney did make a, a great one great horror movie uh return to oz oh yeah return to oz is just fucked terrifying it is one yeah it's 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 a fucking traumatizing thing you know disney's definitely done some horror stuff besides like black cauldron yeah. which is like my favorite disney animated film i stand by it and i probably would love to screen it at some point that was just like just the imagery of it because it wasn't like any other shit I had seen as a kid, and that's why it stuck with me. It's probably why I drifted towards the kind of movies and music and imagery that you know put me where I am now because it's like I love that movie. Apparently, that movie tanked when it came out because of what it was. But and who can forget Mister Boogity? Mister Bo- shout out to <laughs> shout out to Mick Garris. Mick Garris, I think, directed Mister Boogity. Oh shit! Okay, didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like. Disney like TV movies. There was like a was it under wraps where it had a mummy and shit like that. And like you know, it's I'm not there's there's nothing inherently wrong with liking Disney and like that being part of your culture. But like what I've noticed with horror is that like and I've noticed this with you know a lot of things that I've liked is just because it went from being this thing where like you know I used to be really excited to be able to see a horror movie and like part of the the thing was like going to the video store and just like, oh shit, they have this. I can check, like rent it and finally see this fucking movie. Or like, hey, this is playing like HBO and sometimes even Turner Classic Movies. Like, set my VCR so I could tape stuff and watch it. Like, it, it, it used to be like, for me, it was about the movies and being able to see the movies and like that kind of stuff. But like, you know, when I went to horror conventions like fucking 20, 25 years ago when I first went to some, is like, being able to see merchandise with like horror movie, po- you know, shirts with horror movie like shit on it. Like that was cool because it's like, oh shit, I can have an Evil Dead shirt. Yeah, man. I, I can- mean, yeah. And back in the day, I mean, yeah, definitely when, when I was younger, I always, you know, it's like the fucking, the kid, you know, it's just the, the fucking stereotype of like the skateboarding, like punk rock kid that's like into horror movies. You know what I mean? It's just like that was their dumbass identity <laughs> when we were teenagers, you know? Yeah. And uh, I don't know, it's a streaming and, oh, but back to the convention thing is like, yeah, dude, fucking. So then we get a little older and we have jobs and shit and we can like go to these tar conventions and yeah, we're buying tons of like, I had like the, uh, the Omen zip up hoodie and a fucking Leatherface zip up hoodie and like all this stupid, like horror clothing. Like, yeah, for sure. That was like our identity. Yeah, and it was, but it was kind of like intergrain, like intergrain with like the punk fucking or hardcore band shirts we we're wearing. It's yeah. like I still have the fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre shirt that Mike Thompson bought me from Reptilian Records back when fuck it was like ninety four five maybe. Damn, no shit. 
yeah, it doesn't have sleeves on it, but, like, that fucker held up. Hell yeah. So, it's like, so, like, you know, when I got into horror and then got into, you know, punk and hardcore, you know, 100% thanks to you, which we'll do a whole episode on that at some point, but, like, it was just, it was all ingrained, and, like, a lot of my friends who were in, like, punk and hardcore were also in the movies, you know, that's where Bruce Holacek, there's always Jim DeHaven, who, like, you know. The Haven. The Haven who basically I became friends with because he had seen Evil Dead 2, and that was their commonality. And, like, it was... I don't want to use the... I guess, for lack of a better term, like, the secret handshake. And, like, I don't know. So, it's it's just, like, over the last maybe... I'd say decade plus now, there's been this shift in horror where it's, like... You know, it's not as... I don't want to say it's sanitized. I don't... It just feels different. It doesn't feel like the the special thing because like well, was there some kind of uh, you know because the way that like you know one one like comic book movie got really popular so they decided to make fifty more you know it, did that same sort of thing happen with with a particular like horror film or something semi recently that you feel like created a boom of like generic you know, newer horror films that have come out or just that they just keep remaking the same fucking things or trying to use the same, you know, intellectual properties fucking over and over and over. I mean, that's definitely something that Hollywood is guilty of recently. I think that's part of it, but I think a different part of it is the merchandising Mm -hmm. of horror franchises. Because if you're buying, if back in the day when you go to a horror convention, you're buying like a fucking Michael Myers or a fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre shirt, it was a bootleg. Like, straight the fuck up. It was just, like, someone's shitty screen print on a fucking shirt. And, like, you know, I mean, that's what horror conventions mostly are, was people fucking, you know, even selling VHS and then eventually DVDs, but there was a lot of bootlegs off of Laserdisc that you could buy and stuff. And, like, yeah, it was, it was more a culture about, like, seeing and actively watching movies and being a fan of those movies. But I think that when horror started getting merchandised and I'm again not knocking any of the fucking companies did but there's been you know t-shirt brands there's actually you know record labels repressing like horror movie soundtracks or putting them out for the very first time and then you the boutique blu-ray label boom I think all those things coalesced into like you know people getting really excited you know to have like all this cool shit based around movies they love but I feel like it just in a way, it took the edge off. Like, horror movies didn't feel dangerous. Yeah. Because, like, you know, if you're walking around with a fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre shirt, like, maybe a decade ago, you would get, like, you know, just, you would get a side eye or people, like, be kind of hesitant to, like, walk on the same side of the street with you, especially if you had tattoos or whatever. Well, I mean, even, you know, it's the same, it's kind of the same, I think think kind of what, what maybe you're getting at is that things aren't, I mean, honestly, it's, it's kind of that things just aren't kind of gate kept the way that they used to be. And, and the same, it's the same sort of thing as like when you, like if, if I call somebody a nerd now, like, Oh, that guy's a fucking nerd. Like someone would look at me strange and be like, yeah. And <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's just like, no, I mean like as an insult, like they're yeah. a fucking nerd, <laughs> but like now it's cool to be a nerd. Everybody loves comic books. Everybody loves horror movies. Everybody. It's just, there's no, there's no gatekeeping. There's no gatekeeping in fucking punk and hardcore music anymore. It's just like, everybody's allowed in and I fucking hate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, 
I can't. Everything's everything's too fucking inclusive, and I think that things should be gatekept. This is that's my opinion on everything. Like I don't know. I guess I mean you can't like horror movies aren't underground. You can't keep them underground. No. But there is. I mean, but there's under there's an underground in the sense that there are things that are like studio films and non studio films. You know, um, but I, I don't know. I ha, yeah, I don't know. Are you just advocating gatekeeping? And and what does that mean in I mean, in in this in this year? You know, a lot a lot of, a lot of this is due to streaming. A lot of this it's just everything is just easier to find these days, and you don't actually have to um to to do any real work to to dig and find something special. Yeah, I mean, because like, there's part of me that's going to definitely sound like the guy that like walks up to like someone that has like. I don't know. I'm just going to throw something, just a fucking neon maniacs t-shirt or like some like deeper cut movie stuff. Like, Hey, that's a great shirt. I love that movie. And they're like, you know, there's the two answers like, Oh, I just like it because it looks good. Or like, I haven't seen the movie, but you know, I got the soundtrack and all that. Like, but then, (laughs) but then you feel like you become the fucking ultimate dickhead, which is like name three songs, bro. Right. But again, I, I feel like, you know, I mean, maybe it's just the the example you used, but like Neon Maniacs, like I'm, sure it's probably on Tubi right now. Oh, it's definitely on Tubi. Now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's not like you have to do a whole lot of a whole lot of fucking digging to find it. Yeah. But like, but but I but I feel like that is the case across the board. There are there are still rare films out there, but like, fuck, man, I don't know. You can find a torrent, fucking whatever. I don't I, I don't know. Just nothing is. You don't have to work for anything anymore. I don't know. No, and you don't. Is that? I guess is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? It it, it is and it isn't because it's like I'm going to be a little pro gatekeeping here, right. and I know it's not in my best interest because I host a screening <laughs> series, and my whole point is to open the, the gates so people can fucking see movies they haven't seen. But like, I'll just say from a programming shifting standpoint, like with the, when I used to do really good showing more deeper cuts or obscure things or restorations from Blu-ray companies. The stuff that does best is like fringe fucking studio fare now mm-hmm. or things that haven't played. And like, yeah, I don't do exclusively horror, but like, you know, this year has probably been like having to do every fucking Monday has been my best year number wise. Like last year, comparatively, like I had, a, you know, wasn't selling out every show. Like there were certain ones I knew would sell out. But this time it's like I've sold out, you know, outside of June, like at least one show a month and usually multiple like January was three fucking March I sold out the whole month uh, May I did four out of the five and coming in July I've already sold out Jaws roller coasters gonna be sold out you know by the time this recording comes out it will be sold out and most likely Jaws 2 and fucking Friday 13th part 6 but it's just like you know I I feel the thing I've learned is that like and I've said this in other episodes of the podcast the way I've been programming now it's like it's a lot broader but in a weird way, it's not. And I guess my point is, it's just like, you know, things that I think people have already seen because they're available on Blu-ray or streaming or like through cultural osmosis, people would know basically the plot and what the fuck happens to this movie. Most cases is no, you know, mm-hmm. in a fucking crazy way. Like I think about showing Night of Living Dead last year, a movie that has been in public domain that you can fucking watch on every fucking streaming platform probably there's a criterion disc there's probably fucking still bootleg versions of it on youtube you know and i fucking screened it for a sold out crowd where like 90 percent of the audience hadn't seen the movie mm-hmm. so you know 
I guess like it's not bad that you haven't seen a movie. It's no, a, it's a good thing. Oh, it's a great thing. It's like because especially those screenings because like I'm looking at it as like as someone who's presenting something through exhibition. Mm-hmm. And when I bring in an audience of people that love horror that are actually coming to the movies and experience a movie as it is, that's fucking phenomenal. Like, I, it was great watching Night of the Living Dead with an audience they hadn't seen, especially when they got into it and got invested. And then when that downbeat ending fucking dropped, they got fucking sucker punched. And, like... It's kind of easy sometimes to have not seen some classic titles, to have not seen The Godfather, or not yeah. seen... You know what I mean? Like, and so when you do finally get to, the chance to see one of those films that are, like, supposedly, like, why haven't you seen this already? Yeah. You know, it's kind of it's kind of badass when you see fucking Night of the Living Dead for the first time when you're fucking 30. Yeah, uh, and I fucking love it. Like, that part of it I love. But, like, I will also say there's, like, this is a different thing because, like, what I'm talking about more is cinephiles and not necessarily people that live that horror lifestyle. Like, their whole identity is, like, horror. Yeah. And, again, there's nothing inherently wrong with it because if that's what's making you happy... Right. I mean, I was definitely that guy at one point in time. There was a point, definitely many periods in my life where I only watched horror films. Yeah. Like, I fucking... And I try to just consume every fucking horror film I could find that I just like, you know, this was pre letterbox pre whatever, but like still just finding like illegal ways to watch just every single fucking giallo I could find every single fucking slasher I can find. Yeah. Just fucking. But now I'm so fucking bored by that dude. Just fucking kill me. Well, be, be, because you probably, I mean, there was a period of time, like definitely when I got out of film school, like I was watching less horror. Mm-hmm. There was like, I had, I still always liked it and would still buy, but like there was definitely a period where it was like I was more interested in just film as a whole. And that was probably one of the greatest things when I'm sitting down watching like, you know, foreign films and like, you know, marking the TCM fucking calendar up so I know, you know, shit was like, oh shit, I haven't seen this Kurosawa movie. I'm going to fucking tape it, you know? Cool. And like, I guess for me and my perspective is like, and maybe for you, it's all about watching the films and getting something from that experience. And I feel like on the other side of it, that it's, and this is why we're calling it horror cloud. It's not necessarily about the movie. It's about like all the merchandise around it. Like the movie is like inconsequential and it comes back to horror conventions. It's like, you know, when I went and they were always be celebrities there, like, some of the celebrities that used to go and they would charge like 20 bucks for autograph or whatever are now like hundreds, you know, over almost $200 just to get a fucking selfie and like some something signed. Yeah. And it's weird because it's like you've taken like, you know, iconic actors and turned them into, and this is going to go back to the Disneyfication of things, you turn them into like, oh my God, I'm going to go hug Freddy Krueger and get my photo taken like you're at fucking Disneyland or Disney World. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the 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 cons are are big in every you know in the Comic Con and the just all the different uh, nerd nerd genres. Yeah, you know, and like I I you know I have friends that like you know go to cons and are really happy. Or homie Kellen loves going to her. My friend Derek who does detour. He covers fucking cons up in like both Orlando and like in the Boston area. And like you know it's it doesn't I don't feel. Like I belong there in well, a way. Uh, also, I think a part of the conversation is uh, social media. You know, I, I haven't been posting on social media lately. So like we went to that fucking Godflesh though. I had to suffer through it. And I didn't even get a good fucking Instagram out of it. 
you know what I mean? Everything this day. And as I'm saying, I think that we're fucking, we're, we're most, if not all guilty of like fucking doing things now just for the sake of that fucking getting that one photo. And just, I was there. Yeah. I was a fucking, I had the candy man fucking pick me up by the neck at the fucking, at monster Palooza. I yeah. was there. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? I, I mean, let's let's be real and like I'm 100% guilty of this. I've definitely gotten Blu-rays and I've fucking posted them. I've definitely bought records and posted them. I, you know, at the Godflesh show, I definitely like found a good image and posted it. I bought a I've bought a bunch of records lately and I fucking I haven't posted them on Instagram, dude. It's fucking I've been bragging about all the things I've spent money on lately. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the other thing, because, like, you know, the way horror is now, it's like, you know, there's, like, multiple shirt labels, there's multiple record labels, there's multiple boutique labels, and then there's stuff that, like, there's people that just focus on pins. And Most other. of the shirts are bootlegs, right? Like, almost everybody. No, no, no. They're almost light. everybody that's making shirt, horror shirts these days no, are bootlegs, right? Some of them are. A lot of the shirts, like, I think a lot of them started as bootlegs, mm-hmm. but now a lot of them were make enough money from bootlegging that they actually legit license okay. stuff. So there's a little bit of that because I think of fright- and that's not hating on, but I've bought, I have, I have a closet full of like, of like sick weirdo fucking film bootlegs these days. Oh yeah. So you know, no, no fucking, no shame. Oh, I, I'm not, I'm not knocking bootleggers. I know, like you know, it's always been a touchy subject, and like especially coming out of hardcore and punk because like you know bootleg of records and stuff like that. But it's just like. I am not. I will. Yeah. I am no hater of bootlegs. Not in records. Not no, in no, fucking. Uh, well, I, you know. I'm not saying that that's even what you're saying. I'm just throwing out there like, fuck it, dude. Give me, if if that record's four hundred dollars, give me a fucking bootleg version that cost me twenty. Oh, fuck it. Who cares? I mean, that's like that Gizm record before fucking um relapse reissued it. That was like a thousand dollar record, and there's definitely boots of it. I guarantee you, some fucking fool paid a thousand dollars for a bootleg of it. But you know, it's. I, I think it's just like, you know, there's there's tons of shirt companies and a lot of them get licensed now, like Fright Rack. I think every single thing they put out has to be licensed because they're that high profile. Mm-hmm. They can't be caught slipping doing a bootleg because they will get fucking popped. Yeah. Especially when you get into the vinyl reissues and stuff like that. You have to clear it, probably not only with the rights holder of like the music, but you also got to talk to the composer and all that. And there's a whole bunch of fucking things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just... I think it's just like the other part of it is, I guess, you know, actually I'm going to stay on records for a little bit. Cause like John Carpenter, John Carpenter basically got a whole new lease of life because of reissuing of his fucking soundtracks. Yeah. He started fucking recording music with his son and, um, one of the, the fucking son of um, Ray Davies from the fucking kinks or whatever. Oh, no shit. Like, I think that's what it is. But, like, yeah, Carpenter's putting out new music that isn't related to the fucking soundtracks he's already put out. He's put out, like, two or three albums at this point. Oh, yeah. And he's re-recorded his fucking greatest hits from his soundtracks. And before that, I don't think he really cared. I mean, his former, like, you know, co-collaborator, however you want to put it, Alan Howarth was doing it. But, like, when Carp- like once Car- Carpenter saw, like, oh, people give a shit and I can make money off of it. Mm-hmm fucking ran he's on sacred bones yeah sacred bones jumped out. i think sacred bones did even like david lynch stuff oh yeah you know so like they i mean they've always been a reputable label but it's it's cool that they started doing that that weird shit yeah and there's nothing wrong with but like you know i'm as much as there's things i don't like i think there's benefits for people that like you know get that fucking bag yeah like seriously and that that's also why the convention circuit has changed like obviously all those a lot of the people that go to conventions would have like handlers and agents, but now it's a different market. Like it's a, it's a commodity now. 
And it's just like that actor that was from a movie you love is now packaged like at different conventions as like another, dare I say, I don't want to say merchandise because I feel like that's demeaning to the person. But like really they're just, it's a commodity. And it's not just hard. There's, I mean, there's been celebrities like conventions and stuff. And like, you know, even people like Stallone have done it. Grant Stallone was charging like fucking ungodly amounts of money to get an autograph or a photo with him. But like still, and you know, it's just, it's weird. Like it's now this package, you know, and it's actually, I think the thing I'm looking for, it's like an action figure. You meet a, you know, a star from a movie you love. And it's just like, you're meeting like, the guy that posed for an action figure or something, or the girl or woman, you know what I mean? And it just, like, I don't know. It's like, I know all those people make a good career, but, like, the other good career now is that if you're a fucking, like, a convention agent or something like that, you're probably making bank because you're getting a percentage of whatever they're making. But, again, this is all for the gram, dude. It this is, is all for This gram. is all for, like, and it's either for the gram or, like, if you're getting, you know, we all, we all know the... uh We've all had our experiences with the fucking um, autograph hounds. Oh yeah, the most insufferable type of person on in the world. It's the the ones that are the ones that are like selling this shit on eBay. The ones that are like yeah. fucking really mad out back of the theater the, the, because the, they can't talk to whoever the fuck. Like it's God. Yeah, like the like the <laughs> fuck. Shit's so like annoying, the fucking dude. dickhead that brought a a stack of a hundred empty Funko pop boxes of gremlins and what expected Joe Dante to sign every single one of them out, out front of the LF3. And Joe's like, I ain't signing all that shit. See, you and I have a different experience with like autograph hounds and stuff because we worked at a movie theater where we've had big name guests and we've had people like fucking bum rush and shit. And like, there's obviously the fucking eBay flippers, but then there's also the fanatic fans. And like, you know, when I've talked about like, you know, heart people go to horror conventions are not the same as people that go to repertory screenings, I mean, there is some cross-section. I don't want to say it doesn't exist, but, like, the majority is, like, people who go to horror conventions are more inclined to sit at home, watch their Blu-ray or VHS, and but they will come out if it's a certain celebrity guest. And it's just, like... Hey, man, I guess that is one way to... Uh... One way to ensure that 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 blue that Blu-ray you spent fifty bucks on is a actual investment and is worth more money is to get it signed by the director. Yeah, I mean it is. So there's that, but I mean I've I don't know, I've never understood the the motive. I mean you know I, I've I've talked to a couple of famous people and po- like I try not to. I mean I definitely never have at the theater like that. But like I've ran into a few people in in various places and, and spoken to the whatever famous person. But like. I don't know. Just the whole act of like, I have to, I have to go to this event because I want to fucking meet Bellatar or whatever. Like, I don't know. You're going to be all right, dude. Yeah. It's, it's because people, maybe not everyone, but uh, we're going to talk about, these are the hardcore, very delusional autograph hounds who build up this fucking fantasy in their head that they're going to meet this person. And it's going to be this life altering experience for both of them. I don't know, man. I just, I just don't understand that. I definitely know people that, uh, I definitely know people that are, are big into getting like music autographs and shit like that. And it's, it's always been kind of strange to me. Like, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird thing to collect is like, I met you, but I don't know you. And, and it's like, I don't know, again, back to the Instagram thing. It's like, sure. You can get your photo with this celebrity or whatever. And like, Oh, you get a bunch of fucking likes, but like, I don't know. I, I've got a picture with me and like Milo from the descendants on my fucking Instagram. Like I don't fucking know Milo. No, he was at my band's show. 
Yeah. He saw my band play. That's pretty fucking cool. But I don't know Milo. Yeah. And like, but, but ultimately like, isn't that what that's implying when it's like, Oh, here's a photo of me and Ryan Adams also on my Instagram. But like, <laughs> but like I don't fucking know Ryan Adams and I don't care to. Yeah. I mean, the the thing is like, there's certain, because I'm not going to absolve myself to say, do I have shit now, autographed? No, yes. I'm saying this. I'm never going to do this again. I'll never well, do that again. <laughs> I mean, I have shit autographed. I obviously have photos with people. Most of my photos aren't people I randomly meet at theater. Like the re- the reason if I'm posing with a photo with someone is because I did a Q and A with them, and to me that's the only time it's proper. And like, it is double. It is a like a double thing because one, I just want the memory of it because it's like wow, I did something cool, yeah. and you know you want to memorialize it in a way. Also. I guess I have to acknowledge that there is a uh, there is a disconnect there in the sense that like we're around these people all the time, so yeah. it is a little it is a little different for okay. So we're like yeah. I have to admit that like we're at this point I'm jaded. I'm not yeah. starstruck <laughs> by anyone. I don't care. Yeah, you know. I mean, so it's kind of cool sometimes, but like for the most part, I don't give a fuck, dude. Yeah, I don't know. I mean that. I mean that's probably part of it. It's like you know probably when you know anyone first starts workers like wow fucking like um. I can't even yeah. think of anyone off the top of my head. I was like, oh, who's the guy? Like, oh, yeah, fucking Rob Zombie's just, like, standing next to me talking to me about running film for fucking, you know, for, like, a half an hour at a time. Like, who cares anymore? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm, over, because, I'm just over it. It's like you're up in the booth and, like, fucking Paul <laughs> Thomas Anderson walks yeah. in. or like Here's stuff fucking like- Al Pacino again. Hi, Al. <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> I mean, it's because we've been on a different side of it. And, like, what what I was saying is, like, when I get photos, it's like, yeah, it's the memorialized, like, I got to do this event. And, obviously, yeah, that's a humble brag. What's yeah. I'm not going to bullshit that. But the other thing is, it's promotion. Yeah. It's like, hey, I did a Q&A with this person. And, like, they're friends with other people. So, if I do a film with one of their friends, sure. it's like network of friends. And not necessarily, I don't mean friends. I love it. I love it. This is full-on gatekeeping. It's all right for you. <laughs> But it's no, no. Right. but it's true though. No, I mean you have a I mean you have a brand. Like yeah. it's you know what I mean? Like it's not I'm not wrong here. Like, you know, and it's not exactly what you're saying, but it's kind of true though that you're justifying. I mean you have a brand, so yes, of course, you're gonna take a photo with these celebrities or whatever. Yeah. And yes, you deserve it. You did the Q and A, blah, blah, blah. But for sure. But on the flip side, I'm not gonna go get that done outside of outside of that context. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just I can't do it. It's like, you know, I fucking Dennis Etcherson who you know wrote the novelizations the Halloween 3 and Videodrome the Fog mm-hmm. he showed up the theater one time he never shows up the shit and I did get shit signed that time cool but it was like I struggled with should I actually do that and I was just like I even asked if I got it cleared so I could go get get mm-hmm. that done because it was just like it's never gonna happen again and it's just like I don't know I I also feel like for me, you pick your battles on what you get signed or what you do because, like, you can't. I feel like everything is on an equal thing. Like everything is like at the same level. Like it doesn't matter if you get a picture taken with like, you know, D-list celebrity or fucking like Arnold Schwarzenegger or something like that. Yeah. It like I mean I'm. It has to have personal meaning to me. And like I guess every but it, everyone could argue that, that every, every single thing is personal and blah 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 and, and that's know, true you know? and that's what I'm getting at. But we're we're just we're uh, for those outside fucking L.A. We're st- we're I mean you know I have to admit we're just so fucking lucky that you know that yeah you, you can easily at any, any t- 
any of the week you can easily buy a ticket for a show at the American Cinema Head cinematech and there's some insane celebrity there yeah that, like you can't believe you're in the presence of it's fucking actually kind of crazy i don't mean to just like promote the fucking the organization we work for but like goddamn like it's that we're so it's so, we're lucky in la and that's not but not just the cinematech i mean it's happening all over the city all the fucking time yeah like it, just a few nights ago there you could go fucking hang out with arnold schwarzenegger at the fucking what was that at the academy he was at the academy yeah, yeah. And, like, I mean, L.A. is spoiled, and, like, you know, a lot of my friends that program across the country, it's, like, it's just, like, man, you guys got such an advantage, because, like, halftime, like, if they want to bring a celebrity out for a screening, it's, like, they have to pay them, they have to put them up, and that kind of stuff. For us, and this is, you know, an obvious advantage, is, like, hey, you want to come to the screening? Sure, I live new- I live 10 minutes from the theater. Let me walk on down. Yeah, let me, the can, ma- can you pay for my Uber? Yeah. The amount of times we're like, it's not even that. They're like, shit, I can drive. I go there all the time. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it's obviously a thing. And like, I guess you and I are a bit jaded, but like, I, but the thing is, when I look at horror conventions outside of LA, mm-hmm. it, the, the people like getting really excited to see celebrities and that stuff makes more sense to me. Yeah. But in physical LA, yeah. where like 90% of these people live, that it's the same kind of rabbit thing. Like, you know, if if like you see Tom Atkins at a fucking convention in Orlando, Florida, that's a big deal for someone because like, oh shit, when am I ever going to see Tom Atkins in person again? Because he's not there. I mean, I guess it was a big deal for us because he lives in Pittsburgh and actually came out for Beyond Fest when he came out. So okay. that's like a weird exception. But like, yeah. you know, for the most part, we're pretty spoiled. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, the fucking all the conventions that happen here or happen in like San Diego or something, which is not that fucking far away. And a lot of people travel to from L.A. Yeah. It's just like a huge gathering of like, oh, I can get my shit signed by fucking Brian Cranston. I can, I can get my Instagram with Brian Cranston. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's all to me, all the clout, all the shit is like. It's just the yeah, it's the fucking Internet. And it's just it's it's all for the likes. It's all for the gram. And I, I get it, man. I get that feeling. I get that. Oh, that that attention that let me. Did I get one more like? Yeah, it's a fucking crazy feeling. I mean, it, I feel crazy after one like, bro. I mean, I'm losing it, it. It's it's a it's a fact, and like I think the reason why I kind of wanted to open up this discussion because like you know I kind of had the similar feelings. I would used to post like screen caps of whatever I was fucking watching at home, and it's like check out what I'm watching or like, and if it's like you know it's also like look what I own or look. What follow, you, follow me on Instagram though. Yeah. Check out what I'm watching. Yeah. Like, that's what it became. And I've just, I've kind of pulled back from doing that. Yeah. And I guess part of it in like. Did I say Letterboxd? Did I say Instagram? You said Instagram. I'm you mean Letterboxd. Letterboxd. Yeah. 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 Follow me on Letterboxd. Yeah. Fuck Instagram. Follow me on Letterboxd. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. Yeah. I fucking, I absolutely feel the, the compulsion to, to fucking document my life. But also at the same time, like what you're doing is you're you know you're not you're not documenting the fucking mundane things you're i watched you know i mean i guess just what at this point watching a fucking movie is pretty mundane (laughs) but but like yeah you're not putting your misery on fucking instagram you're 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 posting all the good shit or whatever and it's like this is the movie i watched this is check out my fucking good meal or where i went today or whatever the fuck yeah it's it's your curated life yeah like you know that check out this photo of me and arnold schwarzenegger Exactly. And like, I, I think like I've dealt with this and maybe it's just, you know, it's not even FOMO, but like, like looking at social media and then you start doom scrolling. And even if everything's positive, it has, at least for me, and I'm only talking about me, 
and no one else. I get this. It makes me feel like shit sometimes. And I've like really regulated how much I fucking scroll now. Right. Well, because I mean, everyone's doing their best to, to show that their life is awesome. And it's, that doesn't exactly do great for someone who's not feeling great that day or whatever the fuck, I guess, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it just like, it's, it's, it's the whole, it's all a competition. It's all just, yeah. It, like, you know, I have a personal page and I have a, the cinematic void page and like, I'll post like what I need on social media, which is, or on cinematic void is like, you know, promoting upcoming shows. Hey, got a fucking sale merch, whatever, you know? And like, I'll look at a couple things, but if I start finding myself fucking doing that fucking scroll, I'd like, all right, gotta put it down. Mm -hmm. And it's like Twitter is the same way. If I start scrolling through because like way Twitter is now you get so much invasive shit that like from things you're not following in your feed. It's like, oh, I'm going to read this whole fucking reply chain to a thing that, like, I don't even know who the fucking person is. But, like, there's something in there that's like, what's this about? And it's like, why the fuck am I doing that? So, I mean, I guess, like, I guess with what happened with Horror Cloud is, like, a bigger picture of what social media has done in general. Social media. Capitalism. Yeah. Fucking. It's like, because when I'm I'm not anti-capitalist, by the way. I mean, I, I like money. Yeah. Like, no fucking shit. I mean, I guess on the other side of, like, the kind of bringing it back to, like, autograph and photo clout culture, it's like, I guess, and this is just a personal thing, and, like, I'm not trying to brag about it, but you've you've seen it in person. It's just, like, I, I don't, I, I guess this is nothing, this has nothing to do with the people that approach me, like, outside of Void and talk to me or hit me. I was like, hey, I like your stuff, whatever. It's just, like, I'm uncomfortable. And I'm, it's kind of, I feel vulnerable saying that aloud, <laughs> but it, it just, it makes me feel uncomfortable because I don't think of myself in any kind of fame or notoriety. It's like, I'm just the fucking dude that shows up like every month. Oh, do we, do people ever, oh shit, I have to ask, do people ever hit you with the, let me get a photo? Oh yeah. Oh, you get on their Instagram. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. So I've become the clout. Oh shit. Okay. Hell yeah. And like, it's happened a lot and like, I don't think I don't think of myself in those terms. So when it happens, when like someone's like, Hey, and like talks to me like outside of the fucking screening, I'm some, I feel like I, it's not that I'm defensive, but it's just like, I don't know how to handle it. <laughs> and you've been, yeah. and you, oh, I've been there many times, dude, at the fucking, at the amusement park, at the fucking, yeah. At the museum, at the fucking, I don't know. Like there's at, like, at, in, the, at the Godflesh show. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. And it's like, and it's like, I'm not trying to be rude or like, you know, like kind of diminishing people because like you know i'm down to be friendly or whatever but it's just like i just i don't i just don't know how i feel about it you know what i mean because it's like you're known for something and it's just like you know going to grocery store and someone's like hey send back void i'm like just just let me buy my bananas like i i know it's fucking dumb and speaking as i say fucking joe rogan over here yeah fucking let me eat my fucking steak in peace Speaking, with my family. Speaking of bananas, I forgot to buy bananas today. God fucking damn it. Anyway, but like, it, I guess because like genre stuff and what I've done, it's like, you know, there's when Q&As are taken, like, you know, most of the time I get cropped out at any photos of like when I do a Q&A with like a celebrity and stuff and that's fine. But then a lot of times I don't, people tag me and it's just like, well, it's cool. There's, it's documentation. I got to do something cool. But then on the flip side, it's like, I don't know how I feel about it. In, I mean, that's that's a lot different than than the getting a photo with you out in front of the fucking yeah restaurant. I mean yeah because it's then like working but like yeah. and actually it hasn't been like that bad I mean 
I think yeah, I think there's been like a show or two, like someone's asked for a photo and all that. And I'm not trying to put anyone on blast or whatever, but it's just like it's just me dealing with that. Because I the way I feel about it in general, because I watch how celebrities have to interact with people who want photos and, you know, selfies and yeah, can I get an autograph or whatever? It's just like I feel uncomfortable watching it because I just I can't ask that of a person. And that's just my personal feeling on it. So someone when it comes to me in that way where someone's like, hey, can I get a photo? Or like, you know, hey, what's up? Or whatever. Like, I just, I don't know. I feel weird about it. And that's, yeah. and I don't have a better answer for it. And I'm not saying like, you know. I guess it, I guess you, you forget that yeah. like just human nature wise, like it, that's, it's still awkward or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because it fucking sounds awkward. It's just I I feel like like in my everyday life like no one gives a shit about what I'm doing or whatever and it's just like so maybe you need to maybe you need to pump up your ego a little bit and fucking just uh, when someone comes up and asks you for a photo or some shit you should fucking own it I do I I do all that stuff <laughs> okay. but but do you still feel like shit about it okay I, it's not feel like shit it's just like I just I feel conflicted about it because it's just like it's a weird thing yeah. and like you know I. I was in Amoeba one day and like I was on the phone with Leslie and I'm walking out and guys like, Hey, send Mac boy, dude. And she starts laughing at me. And I'm just like, <laughs> fuck dude. I mean, I, I, I guess it's, I guess this is just me like doing the whole thing. And it's just, I don't know. It's like, I am, I guess by default, whether I agree with it or not, I'm a public figure yeah. in some way. And I also got to think like, you know, when I was, um, when I went to Chicago, for January Jallo, someone that was on Patreon who was in Indiana came up. I believe his name's Andrew. He's like, Hey man, I've been a fan. I was like, this is the closest you come in. And like, that was really cool. I got yeah. to talk to dude. And like, you know, it was cool. And I just, I was also drunk. So it made it easier to be like, Hey, what's up? You know, maybe I just not need to be sober in those situations. Yeah, you should drink more. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking like, just every day, you like go in the grocery store, pull out a fucking flask. If just you're going to take... into public, you should probably drink first. Yeah, I, I think it is. But like, Andrew's a nice dude. So it's like, but like, you know, that was kind of cool. And that was because of the Cinemadness movie. Like, that's how I found it. And so, you know, I, I, I guess like I have a love hate relationship with the horror, the not just horror clout, but just clout chasing in general. Mm-hmm. And it's like, because on one hand, I have to embrace it and use it because I'm promoting a thing that like, you know, the more people take pictures of like shit from the screening, not the actual movie, but like, you know, Q and A's or if Deanna comes out and we do a fucking bit or whatever, like that kind of stuff that builds up interest, builds up followers, you know, it's getting those likes and those clicks and like, you know, getting that out there. But at the same time, it's just like, I don't really like it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm a conflicted dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know. I think you need to work through, yeah, I, work through I, some of your issues here. Yeah, I, I just need to get go to therapy. That's yeah. all I need to do. <laughs> Podcast is not therapy. I mean, it's che- it's cheaper than therapy to just fucking ramble here and be incoherent and just like, let me talk about my insecurities. On I'm not a good therapist. What? Oh, you're a great therapist. My, what, am I, what am I doing here? Right, you're a great therapist. I've paid you with by the, by the way, guys, I'm actually just here as Jim's therapist. I'm not the the co-host at all. I mean, it makes sense. I've known you probably outside the Haven. You're probably the, the one person I've known the longest. So, I don't know. But, you know, I guess to kind of wrap things up, it's... 
I just it's the like I guess like the commodity the I guess the merchandising and like kind of like the taking something that like because the way we used to share horror movies is like you physically had to go over someone's house and bring the tapes like yo check this shit out or loan the tape. Mm-hmm. Where now it's just like you can learn everything you need to learn about a movie without fucking watching it. And then you can have the fucking shirt and like all that stuff. And it just, I think it's just like a cultural shift. And I think it's just a general cultural shift in a larger thing. You know, I look at like Salem, Massachusetts, how it's changed. It's like that got Disney fied. It's, it's weird when you think about a place where like 20 plus innocent people were hung for. So supposedly being witches is now like the Halloween capital of America in a weird way. Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, that's part of the reason why like Kay had to move the fest from October to like April because it's just like, it's too many fucking people and they didn't give a shit about going to the movies. Yeah. There's definitely people that are like, Oh, I love horror movies and stuff like here. Here's a whole fucking horror fest that has like fucking guests and showing you new horror and fucking repertory horror right in fucking the fucking de facto Halloween capital. And like, it just became too much. I mean, it became harder because you couldn't get hotels for guests and stuff like that. So that's why she moved to April. But like, you know, I was there last April and I'm going to be there in a couple weeks in July. And my understanding is like, shit's packed year round now. Maybe not to the, the, I'm not going to use the term, but from the, the hot season of it, like from end of September through October, it's just, I mean, the homie Derek Millen goes, like, every week in October and documents it, but I know he has to get a fucking asshole early to do it. Mm-hmm. But, so, I guess my bigger point is that, you know, I guess the world's changing, and, like, I just got to kind of acknowledge that, like, I'm not saying I'm wrong. I'm not saying everyone else is right. I'm just saying, like, my personal feelings on things is just, like, I just... I liked when horror movies were like more of a secret handshake and like, yes, I'm getting back to gatekeeping, but I just think it's kind of like, it comes back to that, you know, when a punk band sells out and goes to a major label, but that's not really what's happening with this stuff because like, you know, also something no one cares about anymore. Yeah, exactly. So maybe I'm wrong for giving a shit, you know, it's, I mean, I'm going to talk about some things I had to do just so I could, continue to enjoy horror movies and Halloween and that kind of stuff. And it's like, yes, I show horror movies fucking year round along with other stuff. But like, let's be fucking honest here. The, the thing that does the best for me is always going to be horror. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love showing grimy exploitation movies, you know, black exploitations, 80 sex comedies, like Jalla films, whatever. But like if I pop in an eighties horror movie in the fucking lineup always does well. We'll definitely sell out, probably get some guests, you know, be a big event. And, like, you know, I like to live in a world where, like, it could be both, like, people give a shit about seeing A Nightmare on Elm Street with maybe not Robert England, but, like, someone else from the cast there. And also give a shit about, like, seeing Last American Virgin with, like, cast and crew there or something like that. And, I mean, I'm using a wrong example because that screening did sell out because that's one of the movies that does have that cult cliche. But, like... Again, that's a specific audience, and it's not like people are wearing a Last American version, like, you know, fits or whatever out in public. Mm-hmm. But I guess what I've kind of had to do to, like, not lose my love of the thing that I, you know, was fundamental and helped making me what I was. Like, if it wasn't for cult and horror movies, if it wasn't for punk rock and hardcore, 
I wouldn't be the person I am. Cinematic Void wouldn't exist, you know. So what I've kind of done is like when it gets to be Halloween time, like for the most part, it's just like I'm just celebrating it in October. Because I know there's like a thing that's now that people like, oh, Halloween's 365 days a year. And it's like, if that works for you, that's great. I just, I don't want to spoil it. Because I remember being a kid getting really excited when October hit and all the Halloween specials would come on TV and stuff like that. And that's my, it, part of his nostalgia, part of it's just like, you know, I don't, I just want to be contained. Obviously, you can watch horror movies any time of the year. Obviously, you can watch John Carpenter's Halloween any fucking day of the week that you really want to. I've watched that movie outside of October plenty of times. I'll never, I'll never understand what Hooptober is. I don't know what the fuck Hooptober is. Is it basketball related? That's what I'm asking. I have no idea. I've seen people post. I'm on, I'm on the internet too much. I've seen it, but I've seen it used in a movie context. And I'm like, are you watching just basketball movies? I mean, that's kind of sick. Yeah, dude. Fucking Air Bud. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I, I don't know. I mean, one, that's one of the things I do is just like, you know, Halloween season. And there's things that like, I love, like, I love Salem, the town. I love, I've been on record saying I love fucking seaside cobblestone fucking towns. And, like, when I get to the point where I can retire or wherever my career takes me, if that takes me to anywhere, that I can live there. Jim's like, going to live in a lighthouse with Willem Dafoe. Oh, definitely. Cool. I, I mean, that's what I'm down for. I'm, all I'm down for is fucking, like, waking up every day, looking at the fog over the water, drinking a <laughs> cup of coffee, and fucking smoking a pipe. That, 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 is, the, yeah. that is my most ideal life <laughs> at this point. I don't I don't know what the fuck that is because like watching, watching over the lighthouse I get yeah. it yeah it I mean look it, it's just where I'm at right now but oh, what the fuck was I, gonna <laughs> I got sidetracked thinking of that yeah man I just I just want to fucking live in a lighthouse have a fucking scarf on and like a pea coat shit that that's the life just waiting for Dagon or Cthulhu to come back exactly but yeah it's like I don't know it's I'm trying to, I'm just taking, you know, so I don't lose my love for stuff. Cause it's like, I feel like Halloween became Christmas. And one of the things I always hate about Christmas is that the fucking second that Halloween ends, like Christmas shits out for most places. I remember being in Salem on Halloween one year and then November 1st, the Salem mall is playing fucking Christmas music. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dog, this is like fucking two months. And it's like, fuck Thanksgiving, I guess. But now, like, Halloween, like, basically, I've, I've, I've seen people post online. It's like, Joanne Fabric and Michael's already got their Halloween shit out. And it's like, God damn, it's fucking not even July. And they're like, people, get it now. And I'm like. Barely, barely put my Easter eggs away. Exactly. It's just like, I don't know. It's just, do what you love. You know, if you're, if you're into, like, living every day where your house looks like fucking the Haunted Mansion. And you're just, like, eating fucking. Count Chocula and Frankenberry. Dude, that used to be me. Yeah. I mean... It used to be me, man. I used to hoard that shit. I used to buy boxes and try to stretch it out for a fucking year. You ever see on that Danzig VHS where they're, like, sitting there with the fucking... With, like, the fucking booberry or whatever? Just, like... I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) It's, like, maybe Chuck Biscuits just, like, stoked as hell. He's like, hey, it's my fucking cereal. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, you know, horror's been a lot of stuff. Like... I, you just said Danzig, but like, how big was the Misfits for both of us growing up? Fuck yeah! I mean, yeah, that's a big part of all of this shit, man. It's just like being into fucking corny bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so maybe did it. I mean, it, it, I guess my bigger point is like 
do what you love is just like maybe I don't feel comfortable seeing like things that I really love being like commercialized and made like it feels less special because it's just it's out in the open and like and I also part of me the other thing I dislike because like ultimately for me it comes down and always comes down to it's about the movie the movie's the most important factor and I feel like because everyone's like it's about the merch it's about everything around it it's about having the fucking signature on your fucking Blu-ray. It has, I think, the most important thing because I love film and I love cinema. And I guess, like, in the purest, it's one of the purest art forms. Yeah. Because especially some of the shot on film, and I'm kind of paraphrasing Godard here as we're going to talk about <laughs> the non-horror filmmaker, but John Luke Godard, you know, film is a way you capture a part of time. It's a literal time capsule. And obviously you can do photographs and all that, but, like, it's something you watch over again. Like you see people who, you know, you see someone in sixties and then you realize they aged out. And sometimes they're like, you know, in their eighties or nineties, when you, you know, do a rep repertory screening and they come out for it. And like, you see like the difference, but like the film is timeless and it's a time capsule. And it's just like, and I guess more thing is like, I think the movie is just more important than all the shit that goes around it. And that's what's most important for me. It's like, I'm always going to love horror movies, regardless how I think people have, like, you know, taken them and just, like, I don't want to say devalued them, but, like, just put all the weight on all the non-essential shit. Like, movies are art, regardless if it's fucking Chud or it's fucking Solaris. There is, it's an art form. Mm -hmm. And that's my bigger point. And just, like, yeah. It's fine to like post things you got signed or if you get a photo with a celebrity and all that, but it's just like at the end of the day, like, are you doing it because you love it or are you doing it just for the clout? All right, we're gonna take one last commercial break here, but when we come back, it'll be read, watch, and listen here on the Cinematic Void Podcast. I, Speedy McGreedy, have created Frankenstein Mouth. I want juicy burgers. We'll go to Hardy's. Burgers are juicy and hearty. Right, Ivan. Hardy's job royals them. Let's say hello to Hardy. It's Halloween time. When you buy a burger and soft drink at Hardy's, you get a coin to put in the fun machine, which gives you a Halloween prize. I got a creepy, crawly Halloween thing. I got a Halloween ring. The fun machine at participating Hardy's. <laughs> Hey, I'm no numbskull, so call me at 1-900-909-2233, and you'll hear the funniest monster jokes like, what's a vampire's favorite sport? Basketball. <laughs> or the one about the ghoul who missed her mummy. <laughs> you'll also find out how to get these scary street signs featuring my friends Dracula, Wolfman, and Frankenstein. It costs $2.45 for a two-minute message, so ask your mom or dad if it's okay before you call 1-900-909-2233. I'm dying to make you laugh. <laughs> At Six Flags, we've unearthed new thrills and added even more fun. Whoa! It's our Halloween party for the whole family, featuring creepy, crawly pets, a haunted mansion, frighteningly fun shows, plus heart-pounding rides on these October days and nights. So don't just creep in. Hurry to Fright Fest at Six Flags Magic Mountain. So much fun, it's scary. For the first time ever, pay just $20 for Six Flags admission with coupons from Jack of the Box restaurants. Welcome back. It's now time for On the Cinematic Void Podcast, where we talk about all the things we've been reading, watching, and or listening to since the last time we recorded a podcast. All right, Nick. It's I guess it's only been a week since we last recorded. Has there been anything new you've been reading, watching, and or listening to? 
not really. Yes, and also no. Uh, I'm still on that Matt McCusker book, Overlook, uh, just fiction book about a bunch of different characters uh, just doing bad stuff in kind of the Philly uh, city suburbs, the Philly outskirts. Uh, so still on that. Uh, Watch-wise, I haven't watched fucking anything lately, but I did uh, just last night uh, rewatch House of Games by David Mamet. Um, it's a fucking banger and maybe the first one of his I saw and, uh, I keep coming back to it. It's great. You're a big mammoth head. I am, man. It's a, uh, it's a sick one. And, you know, I, I, I generally just like, like con men shit anyway. I don't know. It's a, it's a sick little genre. Yeah. I, I and, can uh, see that. It's a cool little, little spider web of cons going on in this film. I don't know. It's, I think it's really sick. Um, it's a, uh, oh God, I, I can't remember his name, but. There's one actor in there that's like been in a billion things. He's just a great kind of like gangster character. Fuck. I... Is it Chaz Palminteri? No, it's um the guy who plays Mike, Joe Montagna, who's in like a, I feel like he's just in a million things and is just kind of the perfect like kind of tough guy gangster character. Yeah. Um, but I think it... wasn't he Fat Tony, the voice of Fat Tony on The Simpsons? God, he fucking might be. That would, that would make perfect sense. I think he is. Um, but I really don't recognize any of the other uh, actors or actresses. But uh, just a, a sick one for sure. Um, and then listening, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Jimmy Eat World and then uh, a bunch of kind of like early two th- early mid-2000s stuff. Uh, and then I've also been listening to the uh, the uh, March of the MFs, uh, Delco MFs single and the Hell LP that just came out. I forget what label either of them are on, but uh, just both just sick, fast, hardcore along with that People's Temple 7-inch that came out a few months ago. Um, just a lot of great, like, hardcore is back. Like, actual hardcore. The fast variety. Not this fake metal bullshit. No, I love I love modern hardcore, but, like, yeah, fast fucking 80s-style hardcore. Like, it's meant to be done. Exactly. Uh, that's about it for me, man. What's up with you? Um, Reed, I haven't really made much of an effort to read this past week, so that's going to be a... No go there. Watch. I Outside of just watching stuff at void screenings, I have not sat down to watch a movie. I've thought about it, but it's just I'm just not in a place where like I feel like I... I don't know. I feel like I'm just off movie. I don't want to say off movies. <laughs> I'm, but just, like, I'm just done with film, man. I don't know. I it, thought that was your passion. I thought you were just talking about how that was your passion. It is, but like, <laughs> but sometimes you need a break from your passion, too. If you do your passion too many times, it just loses its... you know. So, I don't know. I just watched the new Dark Side of the Ring episode with Junkyard Dog, which is incredible. Like, this season's been fucking killing it. So, yeah, that's the only thing I've really known I've made of effort to watch. Yeah, dude. No, I got to check out this Junkyard Dog episode, man. I'm excited. Oh, it's fucking great. Uh, listen, I, I, it's been a bunch of things, but I'm just going to kind of hit the main things that have been on repeat. A uh, band called Sign Language, uh album called Madison and Floral. I guess somewhere in that, like... I, that kind of new hardcore sound where it kind of falls into that shoegaze, like new metal pop punk kind of realm. Mm-hmm. I'd say kind of comparisons to Fleshwater, maybe just not as heavy, but still okay. pretty catchy. They have a, that's their album, but they have a bunch of EPs and singles too. So cool. definitely been checking it out. Uh, been with listening to slip by quicksand because they're going to be doing that reunion tour. And I don't know. I just bought tickets for it to go see them in DC. So it's just like, ah, I'm going to throw that on. Right on. Still holds up. Perfect record. Yeah. Walt, Walter's just speaking to Gorilla Biscuits, this I mean, fucking. Do that first Civ record. Yeah. And like. Rival it, schools. Oh, it, he's just, he can't do no wrong. It's like a fucking 
a, that man's catalog is fucking incredible. Like that time that I saw Gorilla Biscuits at the Auto Bar in like mid two thousands. Uh, I think the the one of the stipulations was like they have to let Walter play an acoustic set as well, mm-hmm. and so he just like went to the back bar, like not even like on stage. He went just to the back in the bar mm-hmm. and just like stood in the middle of the room with an acoustic guitar and even played like Gorilla Biscuit songs. That's fucking crazy. Quicksand songs. I mean, he wasn't actually in Civ, but he wrote most of those songs. Yeah, he wrote that whole first record, but not the second one. Yeah, to be sure. That's fuck. You could tell the fucking difference. <laughs> That's insane. And then lastly, I've been after we before we went and saw Godflesh and we were watching a bunch of hardcore videos and stuff, like got on a little bit of a trapped under ice kick. So mm-hmm. and kind of shuffling around those like LPs and splits and shit like that. So yeah, that's what I've been reading, watching, and or listening to. Not much reading though. Really not much watching, just primarily listening. Nice. But that's gonna bring this episode of the Cinematic Void podcast to a close. Um, hit us up on social media. Tell us your thoughts on it. You can, you know, it's fine if you disagree or agree or have like a different opinion of it that's completely different than anything we threw out there. And you know, I consider this open discussion. So, you know, you have your own thoughts, send them away. We'll talk about them on the podcast because I feel like, you know, just because I feel one way or Nick feels one way doesn't mean. You can't feel another way, and hey, let's have a discussion. So send your thoughts our way. You can send them. You can just tweet at us. You can DM us, whatever's, you know, whatever you're more comfortable with. So until next time, see see you in the void. People look at me and go, ooh, you're morbid. But no, I'm just weird and I'm having fun.